1: three two one all right Julie we are back a lot of actually I'd say mostly good news yes absolutely
2: and I would concur I think I've had four or five coaching calls so far today and lots of great stuff to report so I yes generally positive today yes awesome
1: really great information about home sales really great information about mortgage apps which are a powerful forward-looking indicator of things to come so this is A good news show. We love good news shows. We're so sick of bad news shows. Now, I do have to warn all of you guys. No doubt there's going to be a huge tsunami of bad news coming out about second quarter. And all these headlines and all the headlines you're going to be essentially exposed to. They are going to be so negative that the, they're going to run out of superlatives to describe how bad the news is. Yes. That's what's going to happen. And it's expected. And no one should be surprised. And don't uh, start overreacting emotionally to it. Just understand that whatever is in the news, however it's printed and published, it doesn't necessarily reflect your personal situation. So I was on a coaching call right before this coaching call. And, um, you know, he's dealing with a lot. Brandon is dealing with a lot of essential, a lot of people that are fearful in his marketplace. Sellers, buyers, nobody knows which way is up. So I told him what he needs to do is he needs to essentially start going through all the information that's being publicized and pushed into people's brains and he needs to show them which is relevant, what is relevant to his local market. For example, the unemployment rate is going to be you know something as bad as the Great Depression and the GDP is going to fall in 34% in second quarter. Well, he needs to go and find out how much that is really relevant to his individual uh, his little local economy. And then what he's going to discover is that probably in his little local economy, the unemployment rate may have increased, but it maybe didn't increase as much as it did nationally. And maybe it didn't increase with um, the types of buyers and sellers that he uh, deals with primarily, right? That type of information is what he needs to have. That way he kind of cuts through all the fog and he sees what's really relevant. Because guys, here's the strange thing no matter what happens to the economy, no matter what happens with politics or interest rates or just any of this, it isn't, though it's, you know, essentially it's seductive to listen to all this bad news. Your brain likes the little, it's a hit of dopamine every time you hear some bad news and and it's like gossiping, you know, that's been proven that when someone says, hey, you know, Julie, did you hear? There's yeah. like a little release of dopamine that comes. It's because our brains are- It's exciting. You
2: know, and you're, you're searching for what's novel is, I mean, exactly. that's just the psychosis of it.
1: Right. Yeah. It, there's Thank you. <laughs> so the moral of the story is for him to basically clear through the clutter of his marketplace for himself, he has to then help others do the same thing. And by doing so, he'll get the cathartic benefit of actually not being so fearful. So he's going to go through his housing data. He's going to go through his economic data. He's going to look to see you know, how much of this big national horribleness is really having an effect on his local market. And then he's going to pass that information back. Because here's, again, a simple fact. Even in the worst of times, guys, which we might very well be entering into, there are still going to be markets. And by markets, I mean your individual markets. There'll be neighborhoods. There'll be communities. There'll be streets. That are doing amazing because of the huge, bad, you know, horribleness of the economy. There'll be new businesses emerge. There'll be new types of housing that will emerge. New types of, you know, parts of the country that maybe were being passed over from the last boom that are going to start booming now. We've been talking about that on our podcast endlessly. For sure. The moral of the story is whatever happens in the news does not affect people equally. It might not affect you personally at all. And that's the thing that's really bizarre that I think people, you know, can't really wrap their arms around. During the Great Depression, there were parts of the country, there were industries, there were, you know, the whole that did incredibly well because essentially, what this this depression or re- recession, whatever it's actually going to be called, what this is going to bring in are new businesses, new ways of thinking, new ways of essentially operating. All these, everything's going to go through a massive transformation everything that we touch, everything we see, everything we listen to. I was uh, reading, you know, Joe Rogan, right? Who's pretty much the number one podcaster in the world. He just sold uh, the licensing rights to his podcast to Spotify for $200 million. Well, why would they be willing to pay so much? Because so many more people are going to Joe Rogan. They're going to you know podcasts like ours—they're going to non-traditional news sources so that they can parse through all the Mickey Mouse news and all the drama-filled news, and they can actually have real drilled-down factual. How does it? What does this actually mean? And let's sort of banty back and forth, and kind of work through what I should really be thinking about versus the hype. And he's Joe's a master of that, and he brings all kinds of different people on, and just the whole thing. So, 34% of all adults listen to at least one podcast. Uh, per month in America and many of you, myself included and Julie as well, we listen to podcasts every day. Julie and I go all the time. We go on a six mile walk every day and we listen to two different podcasts, sometimes three if one's boring, you know. Yeah. And, and so why am I telling you this? Because, again, what we're seeing because of the coronavirus, because people are distrustful of the major news outlets, because they've become so politicized, because because you're seeing an emergence, a huge explosion in people that are listening to things like our podcast. And if you start a podcast, which is by the way which I what I suggested Brandon to do. So don't be fearful guys, be opportunistic. And the best way to, for you to essentially set aside fears and to feel the confidence that, you know, basically then leads in you being opportunistic, you've got to accept the fact that what this new market's going to require is going to require a new skill set. And let's just say drill down on marketing for example. This podcast and every podcast is basically it's just marketing, right? You guys are getting to know us. You're, you know, hopefully, we're forming long-term trusting relationships with you. And maybe eventually, you decide to do business with us, right? That's what the whole purpose initially of this podcast was. And now, it's kind of rolled into somewhat of a passion project for Julie yeah. and I. But you guys should do and think the same way. Because the old ways of thinking about marketing, for example, branding and postcards, is that really going to be the most effective? And by effective, I mean the least costly You know, if you do a podcast three days of the week and it's only maybe 15 or 20 minutes, like my friend Brad Inman does one, it's 15, maybe 20 minutes. Just him talking to, you know, you guys can listen to it. I think Inman Debriefs or something. I don't remember. Maybe it's not that name. That name sounds a little pornographic, but but you guys get the point. More proof
2: that we're live.
1: Yeah, and we do not edit, right? We're not editing. So but if you if you guys wanna you don't have to overthink your podcast. You can just talk about anyway, we don't need to talk about that. The yeah. moral of the story is more people are going to be looking for new sources of information you know, they're not trusting Facebook ads. They're not, you know, they're not gonna be believing the things that are really trendy now, like YouTube videos and all that, that won't be trendy even six to 12 months from now because people will have essentially moved on where they get information. Podcasting is is gonna absolutely be the explosive medium that all of you guys should be embracing. But if that's not for you, the very, at the very least what you should be doing is really learning to drill down on your market so you don't have to be fearful. But the flip side is you might drill down on your market and find there's every reason to be fearful. And in that particular situation, maybe it's time for you to reassess where you sell real estate. So this is the importance of you becoming your own local you know, guru, in essence, about market stats. Julie?
2: That's for sure. So uh, just hot off the presses from coaching calls. Um, deals are absolutely happening. Listings are coming back. Uh, a lot of people uh, are reporting kind of self proclaimed freedom that they're getting out and about and trying to get back to it. Now, we have cautioned you guys to be cautiously optimistic about this feeling like everything's going to be back to normal. But for now, lots of positive stuff. I have had Tim literally on every coaching call except for one in Chicago, which, you know, Chicago is going to pass some new crazy tax, um, every other coaching client has reported many different types of cases of listings and buy sides that are a direct result of COVID. Okay. So for example, parents moving back, uh, I'm sorry, parents taking care of their grandparents, right? So families coming together and wanting to buy a bigger house for everyone to live in, heard that several times today. Uh, People returning to their hometowns to be closer to aging parents. Heard that several times. And then there's another phenomenon which is called non-returners. Okay, These are people that were vacationing prior to COVID in their favorite vacation town that is away from their city and don't want to go back to the city. And so that's another uh, definite trend that I'm seeing.
1: It's what this is doing is it's accelerating trends that were already in place
2: by a lot. And And, so let's go to the news on that. Right. Right. So here's my segue. Um, One of let's see. So here's some good news. Weekly mortgage applications point to a remarkable recovery in home buying. I thought this was a great article. Purchase volume was only 1.5% lower than a year ago, a rather stunning recovery from from just over a month ago when purchase volume was down 35% annually. That's amazing. Mortgage applications to purchase a home rose 6% last week from the previous week, according to Mortgage Bankers Association. And keep in mind, last week, it was also a rise in applications. So if mortgage demand is an indicator, buyers are coming back to the housing market far faster than anticipated, despite coronavirus shutdowns and job losses. Uh, Mortgage applications, again, up 6%. Uh, Applications for purchase continue to recover from April's sizable drop, uh, including FHA, VA, USDA loans, are now actually 5% higher than a year ago. Maybe that's partially because of interest rates being super low. Uh, Contract interest rate for 30-year fixed rate with conforming loan balances up to $510,000. The rate is about 3.4% on average now. So that's some really awesome news. Well, At least temporarily.
1: And there are mortgages out there. And we told you guys about this before. We've written articles about this on our main website. Yeah, two and a half percent. And there's every reason to believe that mortgages towards the end of this year are actually going to be starting in the twos. So you're going to be able to get a long-term fixed rate mortgage starting in the 2% range, which is insane. And also good news, you can what that rule that passed yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. They, so tell them about that. Oh, you're the,
2: talking about being able to refi when- They're you,
1: in forbearance.
2: Oh, when you're in forbearance. I don't have that one in front of me, but I will go find that's, it. But that's the gist that's of it. That's the gist of it. Yeah. Um, so you,
1: you can yeah. refinance right now uh, and take advantage of these low long-term rate mortgages, even if mortgage rates, even if your loan is currently in forbearance. Uh, yes. Just put those thoughts together, which for a doesn't second. make
2: a whole lot of sense, but that's <laughs> no. okay. And, and that you know that was one of the most common questions I've been getting in premier coaching is right. You know, can you do that? So yes, is the answer. Uh, here's an interesting one: the next Silicon Valley Exodus. Over 25 percent of tech sector wants permanent wants to permanently work from home. So how is that going to affect things? We already were reporting on uh, Silicon Valley being affected by this. But tech work, let's see, uh, large scale work from home policies, 62% of workers in the tech industry called it very possible for them to work from home, easily the highest of any industry. 83% of tech workers say they've been able to work from home in recent weeks. More than a quarter, 27%, say they want to work from home all the time now. 36% say they want to do that more often than used they used to, and only 5% say that they don't want to work from home. So Um, that will be interesting. And, you know, I was just talking with um, some of our very long-term coaching clients, Kenmore's in Washington State. They're already having people flee Seattle to come to their market because it is, quote, far less stressful, still can get their work done, and the price is less. So we're going to see a lot of this. I think it's like the great switching around of property that people are doing.
1: Well, so let's drill down on this. Listeners, make sure you're not listening passively. (laughs) Pay attention. This next, and we're hoping it's going to last six months, this next mini boom that we're going to be experiencing in housing, you absolutely, positively have to be drilled down and getting the most of it. Because there's every reason to believe yeah. that come fourth quarter, the market's going to be significantly slower for all the normal reasons and for all the added reasons from politics and the coronavirus. And oh my gosh, now you're going to have the seasonal flu come back. And oh, by the way, I'm pretty sure we saw zombies. You guys yeah, get the point? And
2: don't forget the election. So that it's going to be you know, full of drama, right? <laughs> full
1: of drama and full of all kinds of nastiness. That's going to cause people to go back into fear mode and you cannot join them. So between now and then, if you've never called it for sale by owner before, call a FISBO. If you've never called an expired before, call an expired. This is not the time to be creative. This is not the time to be working on your branding, working on your website, <laughs> yeah. working on your logo. This is not the time to be doing any of those creative things. You have to be absolutely drilled down. F- uh, f- <clears throat> Focusing on helping people and making money. And if you're not, you're going to miss it. Trust us when we tell you there's every reason to believe that this is a temporary boil up in the market that will last four to six months. And when it is gone, it is gone. We are not so bold as to make predictions into 2021, but we are doing our best to make it so that you guys all have money for the holidays. That's what Julie and I are thinking about for all of you. What can we do? What can we say? How can we say it to educate you and then motivate you to get you into action so that come the holidays, you are not feeling broke? Um, so, Julie, there was an update. We're not spending a lot of time. You guys have been asking us yeah. about the new uh, program that Congress is trying to pass. Yes,
2: it's it's. I mean, this tells you how worried they are about. Yeah, what's go for to it. Come. You okay. have some details. I have a lot of details. I have the actual uh, act, which is HR sixty nine eighteen, the Paycheck Recovery Act. Now, this is different than the Heroes uh, Act. So, this is this is. I'm not sure this is going to replace it, but this is what is currently. Uh, being worked on. Okay, so here is the premise of it. They say, quote, if relief does not reach workers and businesses soon, the consequences will be dire. Too many businesses will either shutter permanently or be forced to ignore public health guidance and reopen too soon. Laid off or furloughed workers are being forced to apply for unemployment insurance, a system which is already overwhelmed and outdated. Uh, those same workers, the vast majority of whom are lower-medium income, face anxiety about whether they're going to be able to actually find a job once the pandemic is over. So that, that's their premise. They talk about businesses, nonprofits, and state and local governments um, who, let's see, that are facing COVID-19-related revenue losses above 10% gross receipts would be eligible, as well as independent contractors, domestic workers, and gig workers Um, Four, this is all going, so far what I'm reading is it's going to be grant money. Applying entities would receive an initial three-month lump sum grant payment after filing a sworn attestation to the IRS. The grant would cover the percentage of revenue loss of an applying entity, multiplied by payroll and benefits up to a salary cap of 90000 plus an additional 25% of total payroll to cover business operating expenses. The IRS would distribute the amount directly to the employer. So this is a little bit different than what they've done so far with the stimulus and the PPP. Um, and then there's some requirements. Employers have to keep workers on payroll, keep their benefits going. Uh, it covers employees furloughed or laid off after March 1st. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to this. Lots and lots of bullet points. But But the point is to keep people working. And this is is the latest massage of the, quote, Paycheck Recovery Act.
1: Right. But it hasn't passed. Has not passed yet. And Jules, you have to get premier coaching.
2: Yes, I do. I have four minutes.
1: <laughs> Julie's almost late. Back too. to you. Yes, back to me. So, <laughs> Julie's off. Me. Julie's. You're welcome. Julie's off to Premier Coaching. So, for those of you guys who are in the Premier Coaching program, you better make see sh- you there, better. Yeah, we better see you there. Make sure you ask your questions live. So, as always, guys, we are going to do everything in our power to keep you on the leading edge. Um, yesterday's podcast, I listened back to it, and we were doing a lot of patting ourselves on the back. For getting the predictions right about what would happen. And, uh, you know, I think what we're seeing happen now is, again, going to continue to play out exactly like or very close to what Julie and I are, are predicting. And it's, it's not that difficult because if you've been alive long enough and you've lived through, you know, versions of any kind of economic setbacks or whatnot, you can pretty much guess. How the government and how people are going to react. This is all. None of this, even though it's all new for us in our lifetimes, us being all of you as well. It's not new for history. And so, if you just expand your like thinking and say, okay, well, how do how did they handle the Spanish flu? How did it how did it go back? You know, and going all the way back even before then, when there were other, you know, plagues and whatnot, what actually happened? Now, the information when they do bring in that historical data is largely irrelevant. But the thing, because the populations were so different, the nature of how people work were so different, healthcare was so different. So you can kind of ignore that, but what you should pay attention to is is how people reacted. The psychology is the same. And that's what's fascinating. So when you want to really kind of drill down and Come up with your own idea of what's going to happen next. Just study history. Listen to people that basically have studied history and learn from them. Be very, very mindful of any sort of politicized Mickey Mouse that you allow to adversely affect your thinking. And if you want to know, like whether or not what you're listening to and reading and watching is helping or hurting you, here's the here's a question I have for you. And ask yourself this: You've just listened to our podcast. It was a half hour long, and hopefully you're. You know, as you know, literally tens of thousands of you are regular listeners. So, how do you feel? Do you feel optimistic? Do you feel excited? Do you feel strengthened or do you feel weakened from listening to what we just said? I know from the feedback, you guys like our podcast. It makes you feel better. So, if you now hop off listening to this podcast, listen to something else that makes you feel in a way that doesn't put you in that heightened state, doesn't make you optimistic, doesn't make you feel powerful, then maybe you should stop listening to it, right? because what they're doing consciously and this is what the news does they the, the news learned you know all the news outlets they learned after September 11th that the more you know shocking the headline the more scary sounding it is the more of all that drama the more you get addicted to it and that's the reason so many people have literally become addicted to the news and if it's not just watching CNN or Fox News all day it's essentially getting their news fed to them through Facebook. And Facebook will learn quickly, you know, the algorithm learns quickly what type of news you like to read based on what you're clicking on. And it sees you like that negative stuff. It's just going to feed you constant barrage of negative crap. And how does that make you feel? Does that make you feel like doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level? No. Does it make you feel like helping people? No. It makes you feel like going to the t- going to the grocery store Costco and buying toilet paper because you're fearful. Get it? So don't allow yourself to be manipulated. Being manipulated is a choice. Choose not to do it, right? Choose to basically be part of the group of people, and hopefully it's not going to be a small group, that are going to flourish because of this economic catastrophe, because of the pandemic. You have an opportunity right now to make your life whatever you want for it to be. You can control that to a large extent. Now, even that's kind of funny me saying in a... You know, this era where we're having first forced quarantines, you know, so you obviously don't have as much freedom as we should. But again, you know, that's opening up another Pandora's box, right? Where is, the, where is our society going to go now that some of these governments have been so, I think, draconian in trying to control people, which is arguably illegal. It's a violation of our rights, the rights that we were born with, not given by government so all these things and all these conversations they're fascinating but don't go too down too far down those rabbit holes because it takes you away from what your mission is as an entrepreneur your mission as an entrepreneur is primarily to be of service to other people why do we always say that first because when you have that mindset it actually makes your ego step aside and it makes your uh, essentially put your 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 energies all going towards the idea that okay if my job is to be of service to people I don't want to run into a situation where I can't help a person because I don't know how to, you know, maybe do a short sale, maybe deal with a a problem with their finances or just whatever. So that means that once you accept the fact that your highest and truest purpose in this plan is to be of service to other people, the next thing that you're naturally going to gravitate towards is how to fulfill that destiny, which will require you learning how to be of service to other people at the highest level because of this market, because of this economy. Does that make sense, listeners? I know it does. So listen, if you've not yet uh, downloaded your Ultimate Agent Survival Guide, it is free. If you're not a member of the free coaching program where the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide is living, it's the content that you get from when you log in um, to the uh, website, is you need to text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And when you do, we're going to text you back a join link. You join. You log in. You get the information. And the first thing, if you're listening for the first time, you're frankly about two months behind. But the first thing you need to be understanding are all the different government lifelines that have been tossed our way. Entrepreneurs, 1099s, W-2s does not matter. Make sure you're understanding which programs you need to take advantage of. Lots of you, I imagine thousands of you, have applied and received your PPP loans. Lots of you have your mortgages and forbearance. You're getting your economic stimulus from the government. All these types of programs and more will always be featured inside that coaching program. So make sure you text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. Listen, guys, if you need us for anything at any time, please remember we're here for you. We've got your backs. We're in this together. Whatever comes next... Good, bad, or indifferent, we're going to get through it together. In the meantime, if any of you would like to talk with me directly about eXp, just text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Um, or if you just, you're in the preliminary stages of learning more about EXP, you can just text the word EXP to 31996 and we'll text you back a quick video that you can watch. So just text the word EXP to 31996. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. Thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to, fastest growing daily podcast for real estate agents in the nation.